0: Mike, I don't know that we've had a book where we've had this much color in it before. <laughs>
1: can you think of one that's had more color in it than the one we have today? Um, I don't think so. This one is uh, definitely colorful, and there are reasons for those colors, which we will get into. But uh, Oh, we'll get into it's, it. It's true to itself, I'll say that. <laughs> it's very meta, very meta. However,
0: before we can get there, we have to catch up on a couple things. Uh, and and my first question is, did you listen
1: to Typology at all? I did. Okay, uh, I've continued to listen to Typology basically because oh uh, nice. I, I listened to it before we we recorded, right? And uh, it's it's I've subscribed, so uh, I get the regular episodes. I don't listen to every single one, but some of them that sound interesting, I I listen to.
0: Nice. What uh, any particulars that were uh, standing out to you? Specific episodes?
1: No, it's basically more of the the one that I described. So I don't really care to sure. If you like the, the Enneagram, it's going to be a, a, a cool podcast where they continue to like unearth insights. And it's kind of cool seeing people's reactions live, like, Hey, wow, I never really thought about that, you know, or totally, I can see that in myself now, but uh, to be honest, it's, I've kind of moved on from the the Enneagram. I was really excited about it when we recorded it last time and I got some insights from it and still occasionally bring it up in conversation with my, <laughs> my wife, like, yep. occasionally, you know, Malachi will be doing his thing. I remember, he's a seven. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Here comes number seven. Yep. Yeah. You ever refer to your kids by their numbers.
1: <laughs> and I, I bought Toby a, a license for the Enneagram because he was curious about it after editing the last episode. And? Uh, Do we get to know? I don't think he took it yet. Oh. Hopefully, he'll, uh, hopefully he'll take it before
0: you have to take it we before see tomorrow. each other. He has to take it before <laughs> tomorrow. For those for those listening, Mike and I are getting together tomorrow. Mike's You're coming to the Twin Cities for soccer tournament? Toby's soccer tournament, I believe. Is what that yep. is? Yep. And exactly. uh it's like, well, you know, if we're going to be that close to each other, you got to stop by. Of course, obviously,
1: right? So we get to see each other tomorrow. Super fun. Yeah. So, so yeah, my uh my fascination with the enneagram it's basically passed, but I still have the results and threw it in Obsidian alongside the Colby and all the other stuff. Of course. And uh, that's it for now. I occasionally listen to Typology, and I'm good. <laughs> Can I give you
0: a service-slash-product idea that you should develop? Because you oh, should boy. do this, What's and this? I couldn't do it. I could be your coder, but I couldn't do anything other than that. I think uh, I think you should come up with some way to gather a bunch of these different types of tests take the results from those tests collectively and give a test result
1: okay so if, <laughs> this is you've already got my my wheels spinning because basically what dan sullivan did with unique ability is it's the colby plus the strengths finder mm-hmm. plus a couple of prompts
0: yep i could totally do this but you should do colby strengths finder enneagram take your pick but if you had somewhere between five and ten of these things, and you could yep. somehow bring it all together, I think you would be good at that.
1: Uh, I will gladly work on this if you're <laughs> willing to code it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I feel like it would be very interesting. We talk about these tests and personality test things enough. I
1: feel like it would be super interesting. Yeah. It's, a good, it's a cool idea. Let's do it. Super fun. In our spare time.
0: Uh, what is that? Do you have a definition for that? I've not seen it in so long. I forgot what it is. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did going, com- coming back around, I did listen to an episode of typology. It is interesting. Like, it, like you were saying, like, it's fascinating to see people's reaction. I guess, hear people's reactions to like, I hadn't thought of that before. So it's, it's kind of cool. So I've, I've left it on the subscribe list. It'll be, uh, it'll be good. So Yeah. Nothing more to say there. did you try out Dalio? It's the other thing you got here
1: I did not uh I have made more adjustments to my journaling okay <laughs> and uh to be honest, I can't even remember specifically what I changed since last time that we've done this because it continues to to modify, but one of the just one of the things that I was talking to my wife about today is um we are trying a new budgeting software that every dollar that Dave Ramsey has.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because uh, it includes financial peace and all the other like subscription stuff that they they do now. Financial peace you can't buy it standalone and when you could it was like 150 bucks so. Right. They've got a whole bunch of stuff now as like subscription content built into Every Dollar Plus and then the software itself which YNAB had gone up again, and it was pretty similar. That was renewing, and like, oh, let's try this. And so uh, as a result of going through some of that stuff, and Dave Ramsey's thing, it's interesting because they don't believe in credit cards, right? So right. to process an online payment, they have the field named debit card, and then below that they say, we can't really tell if you're using a credit card here, so this is totally the honor system, but follow the follow the plan and use your debit card. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyways, like, just I've heard of that stuff before, but using the software, they have all these little touches, which I think are kind of cool to kind of nudge you in the direction that they're trying to teach you to the way to manage your money. Right. And um, realize that one of the the, the things that I want to start tracking in my journal is basically, did I did I succeed in not spending anything today? <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Just so I have an opportunity to celebrate that if I did, you know, and bring awareness if I. If I got actually it. did have to buy something or whatever. So
0: we, uh, so we should ignore Blake's comment about going fountain pen shopping together.
1: <laughs> Probably, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, fair enough. Uh, the, the outside of all the other follow ups that we've got, I had one other one which you wrote <laughs> down is focus more on my creativity, uh, kind of leaning into that type four uh, that I learned about myself with the enneagram, and. I spent quite a bit of time on this. And I actually have a number of notes I made uh, about this and trying to figure out what that might look like. And that actually led me down a pretty big rabbit trail of just realizing how much time I spend on making things and have spent on making things in the past. Uh, So it, it maybe got somewhere. I'm not really sure what to say as a result of that other than it's generated a lot of insight about my history and the way my brain works, but I haven't really nailed down if that's going to lead it. Anything action oriented quite yet, but I don't know. I'm still down that process. It still comes up in the notes process. I go through occasionally, but that's how that stuff works. Right.
1: So super fun. Cool.
0: So we should, we should jump into today's book because
1: speaking of creativity,
0: (laughs) I know, right? This will be fun. I, uh, uh, yes. So this book is Mind Map Mastery by Tony Buzan. And, uh, I learned a lot about mind maps. I learned that he is the self proclaimed inventor of mind maps, which I kind of knew prior to picking this book up. I had seen some things on mind maps, watched some YouTube videos of him way back, back in the day now, and uh, where he was talking about how he invented it. And it's always seemed a bit hokey to me. Like, really? I feel like this has been around a very long time. How can you say that you invented this? And I think I have the answer to that question. Uh, but we're not going to answer it quite yet. So <laughs> my, my big question at this very beginning, well, before I get there, the, the tagline on this is the complete guide to learning and using the most powerful thinking tool in the universe. That tagline by itself will probably tell you Tony's personality uh, in itself. But it It is a uh, an interesting read but i'm I'm curious Mike you have been quote unquote mind mapping for quite some time were you anxious to read this scared to read this skeptical to read this before you started reading it? What was your perception on it
1: Oh, that's a good question um because I didn't count up the documents in my mind node folder in iCloud, but there are hundreds of them going back to 2013. So, and I was mind mapping before mind So yes, I've been doing this for at least 10 years, probably more like 15. Uh, going into it, I was expecting to learn a few things that I did not already know about mind mapping, but I expected the majority of it would be kind of, yeah, I understand that already. I think I was pleasantly surprised and found more nuggets here than I thought, but that is very different than somebody who is coming to this with the intention of learning how to mind map from scratch today. That person, I don't think I'd recommend this book for. (laughs) Okay, sure. What is what was your perspective going into it? It kind of sounds like you have not mind mapped as much as I have, but I'm assuming you were familiar with the concept, so you're not coming into it cold. Correct.
0: Yeah i I had a a, a period of time when I was working corporate, what I where I did some very lightweight mind mapping, as I called it, and I, I did get into the brain. Remember the software, the brain. I think it's still around. Yeah. Uh, I got into that as a result of that experiment. It did not last long. I think I was into that for maybe a couple months and I know that I've had maybe a couple periods where I did some mind maps, uh, about like online courses, like trying to figure out what all should be in a course. And so that's, that's really been my only real experience with it firsthand I have not done mind mapping extensively uh, at any stretch in my life. And I have not really done any form of like study of what it would mean to do that. I, I've merely seen them and thought, huh, that's kind of cool. Grabbed a piece of paper and went for it, or grabbed MindNode and, and went for it. And I think I did play with XMind at one point. What was, what's the other one that's on set app? iThoughts, I think, is in there as well. Um,
1: XMind and iThoughts, I think, are both on setup, or they were at one point. Maybe they're not anymore uh, because, like I said, I uh, use MindNode. Right. uh, For several reasons, Uh, primarily it was the best-looking one that synced seamlessly across all my Apple devices. However, it would be interesting to see which one Tony Buzan would say this is the closest thing to what I describe as mind mapping, Yeah. since his app is no longer being developed and supported. <laughs>
0: Correct. Is now defunct. Yes. Yep. Uh, so I, I guess, you know, going into it, my, my expectation was, and what I was hoping to achieve, was a kind of an understanding of how I could use more around, like more visual thinking tools, not just text thinking tools. And that that comes from me wanting to expand maybe some of my creative methods, uh, I guess I would say that. So knowing that background, knowing I wanted to try to maybe implement another tool in my uh, creativity uh, tool belt, knowing that you had the background on this uh, pretty extensively, and knowing that Tony Buzan is kind of known as the inventor of mind maps it kind of all just seemed to work pretty well together so here we are with mind map mastery uh so i guess that all being said unless there's something you want to say ahead of time i feel like we should jump in and figure out what a mind map is let's do it okay so there's at the very beginning there's a forward by uh, an eight-time world memory champion dominic o'brien which is super interesting that I mostly skimmed. Uh, But at the same time, he jumps into what is a mind map at the very beginning. Like that's the first section, which is super helpful because he very quickly qualifies himself as the inventor of mind maps. Like this is one of the very first things he, he points out, which I have to ask, what was your perception on that? Because I knew that was going to come, having done a little bit of research on Tony Buzian. Mm-hmm. How did you take that? Did you just say, oh, sure, or did you
1: deep dive the research? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't deep dive the research. Um, I have written about mind mapping, I don't even know how many times over the the last 10 years or so. And so I had done some preliminary research and Tony Buzan's name comes up all the time some specific quotes from him about what is a, a mind map uh at this point in the book I kind of took it as like yeah that seems mostly true <laughs> uh and I could tell you know he's taking some credit here or maybe he shouldn't be but I didn't it wasn't a big deal to me it didn't cause me to put the book down and figure out what's really going on and or feel like I can't trust this guy at all. Sure.
0: Yeah. Well, he's got, you know, he, he does get into like the explanations of what, what is like how to create one. But, uh, I, I did do a little bit of research on the history of mind mapping because I figured I'm, and I did kind of stop when I was reading to to do this research because I knew, It was going to color the rest of my perception on the book if I didn't do that. Uh, So just to get this out here so that it's (laughs) aired out before somebody else throws a fit. uh, One of the first known mind maps originates somewhere around 300 AD. Just saying that. However, this this is by a guy, a philosopher Porphyry, I think is how you say it. Basically, he drew what looks like kind of like your standard family tree picture, and then he has names and concepts around the outside of this, uh, also from the roots. That's being classified as a mind map. Uh, if you look at it and then you look at some of the rules and laws that Tony Buzan gives us, he would not call that a mind map. Mm-hmm. So this this is where it starts to get messy. So it wasn't until, when was it, the early 1970s, that Tony Buzan coined that term, mind map. So that's why he's claiming the invention of that. Uh, fun side note to all of this: he actually the Buzan organization. He passed away in nineteen or in two thousand nineteen, by the way. Uh, but he, his organization holds the trademarks to the term mind map in the UK, the United States, and Germany. I did not know that that was possible but <laughs> he owns the trademarks on those on that phrase which is fascinating to me anyway yeah there you go. that's some of the history of it
1: that kind of bothers me <laughs> to be honest uh but that's just my perspective on like ideas and i don't know i i understand it and there are things that you develop that you are intellectual property my parents have trademarks on some of the software and the assessments that they've, they've developed for the family business mind map doesn't seem like something trademarkable <laughs> right right but if he's got it like kudos to him makes more sense now why he's adamantly defending it because once you have a trademark i can tell you that you have to defend it the minute that you don't mm-hmm. you basically open up yourself to uh like if you were to try to sue somebody down the road uh, the fact that you didn't defend it and you were aware of it, that can be used against you and can cause your trademark to be invalid. <laughs> so I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer. I just understand a, a little bit of it from experience with the family business. But yeah, I, I get where he's coming from a little bit more now. Uh, I, I do think, by the way, the... The introduction to this is interesting where he talks about the conventional note taking versus mind mapping and how like conventional note taking is linear, monochrome, word-based, listed, logic, sequential, restrictive, disorganized. Like I agree with this. He has a lot of these like side-by-side comparison things which I think are pretty cool. And mind mapping he talks about being multifaceted, colorful, words being combined with pictures, associated logic, multidimensional, imaginative, and analytical. And this is kind of getting to the point on like why you would u- want to use these things, which eventually he's going to get to. You know, Chapter Two: How to find how to, how to mind map. Chapter Three: What is not a mind map. Chapter Four: Solution finding. Chapter Five: The infinite applications of mind maps, and then Chapter Six is the the future of mind mapping. So it's not explicitly called anywhere else, which is why I want to bring it up here. But sure. those those ingredients will pop up over and over again throughout the book. And I do think that there is something to be said about thinking this way. And he's also got a lot of research. shares a lot of different stories uh, about the success that people have with thinking this way i think those arguments are stronger when you try not to trademark the term yourself <laughs> cuz then it's just something that you made as opposed to something that humanity has has uh, been using successfully for a very long time those pictures of like the very earliest mind maps you're right those don't fit his definition of a mind map but i would maybe say tone down the <laughs> the militant defending of what a mind map is so that you can say hey look people have been doing this for a long time even if it means that you didn't come up with it yourself and right i don't know it kind of seems like an insecure thing to do to say like no no, no this is my process i made this thing it's like are you looking for some external validation from people who read this who say hey good job tony <laughs>
0: absolutely yes
1: <laughs> but yeah
0: yeah I, I think I'm a little looser on the definition here. Um, but let's let, let's let's dive in here. He does have uh, a three step process for how to create a line map, which he gets into here in the, the beginning of uh, the first chapter. and there's three pieces to this. One is a central image. And I assume you know based on what we were just explaining about the militant definitions of this, uh, it's interesting to me that it's a central image. And not a central word, hmm. just just pointing yep. that out. Uh, thick branches radiating out is the second essential characteristic that he qualifies for a mind map, uh, which also is a bit, hmm, just because I know that a lot of mind maps I've seen are just your standard standard line, or you know it could be curved, but it's it's uh, yes called out that it has to be a thick line, thick branches. Sorry. Uh, and a single key image or word is placed on each branch. A single word or a single image on each branch. So if I put a phrase that doesn't qualify. Yep. So and I think you get the the detail that he's putting here is like this is very specific that that he's calling out here. Uh he follows this up with uh a how many steps is this? 7 steps?
1: Se- yeah, 7 step process, right?
0: Yeah, he's got a 7 step process. You got it? I do. Interneum. So
1: step step 1 is use at least 3 colors to draw a picture in the center of a horizontal page. Step 2, pick a color and draw a thick branch coming away from the central image, like the bow of a tree. Step 3, label the branch with a single word in capital letters. Step 4, send out secondary level shoots and a third level and third level branches from these right keywords or symbols on all the branches. Step 5, pick another color, draw another main branch, repeat until you have 5 or 6 main branches to work with. Step 6, leap from branch to branch, fill in the gaps. Step 7, add arrows, curving lines and links between branches to reinforce connections. Yep. Which there you go. when you hear when you hear that, you're like, yeah, that sounds that sounds good. Like I can see the value of that approach and I can see how apps like MindNode have made design decisions on modifications to that, and so it's a little bit weird when you later on is like no that's not a mind map because <laughs> you didn't use three colors in the middle or the branches are a single thickness <laughs> yes you know and i'm not quite sure yet maybe by the end of this episode i'll have wrangled my thoughts on this but uh i kind of kind of feel like making mountains out of molehills here buddy uh yeah and and that's probably a good way to say it and
0: part of the reason i'm calling this out and you can probably sense the uh, maybe angst or frustration with him, and my voice on this is because, like, who cares? Like, let's let's mm-hmm. draw a picture together. You know, if, if it helps you think through things, and it has like a central point, and you have a network that comes out from that, and it's a visual that you can work your way through, like I would call that a mind map. Uh, but it seems like if it doesn't fit this very specific mold for him he instantly qualifies it as what do you call it a concept diagram like yep. it, it's instantly declassified as a mind map and that i think that's the 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 trouble that i take with it or the, the fault i find in it is that if you were to open this up and not be so specific and not be so uh, i guess upset Almost like he's he's not upset, but it you kind of get that tone from it. Like no, if he's you, a cranky you back old off, man. You yeah, can he's tell. totally cranky yeah. old man, totally. <laughs> but it's like you know, back off a little bit, and I, I don't think you would have near as many people. I would not be critical of this at all. Were he to be quite open about that, but because he's so militant on it, like no, 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 hold on, back up. It's okay. You don't have to have thick branches.
1: Lines will do. It's okay. Get your concept <laughs> map off my mind map lawn. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally is.
1: Yeah. I do think the essential ingredients for the my maps, uh, there's value here, which is the radiant thinking, the nonlinear organic flow, the color, the images and the words. And he's got reasoning behind why you need to have these ingredients. Visual information is processed sixty thousand times faster than text, for example, under images, and single words pack more punch than a phrase. Like I understand that. But those are great like guidelines. I'm gonna I think the the best application of mind maps, you should feel free to break those once in a while if you think it's better for whatever purpose. But he would obviously say no. Uh, radiant thinking, I think, is is cool. But the one that is really interesting to me is like this nonlinear organic flow. So he talks about how putting things in a linear sequence limits your thinking. I totally agree with this. When you have an outline you basically go from top to bottom you're not jumping back and forth between different points because there's no visual anchor point for your eyes to go to a lot of times Uh, and he mentions that a list represents one-dimensional thinking and my map represents two-dimensional thinking do you know where i'm gonna go with this (laughs) no not at all well what does three-dimensional thinking look like and i'm not gonna say obsidian is it but i think it's closer than anything else out there sure uh, and that's, what's fascinating to me about these thinking tools. Like I've been using my maps for a really long time. I've seen the benefit and how they force you to think about things. I shouldn't say force, I encourage you to think about things in, in different ways. And from a creative standpoint that opens up a lot of doors and helps you see things in ways you didn't see them before, which is totally the way that I'm trying to use obsidian and why like bidirectional links is just one more dimension. Right, It's just one more tool that you can use to think about things a little bit differently. And I love that. And whatever is next after Obsidian, I'm going to love that too, just because it's encouraging different ways to connect these dots. And I think the approach we should all take, whether it's with mind maps, connected note takers, whatever is next, is really just how do I level up my thinking? How do I add more dimensions to the ideas that I am Currently holding inside of my brain.
0: Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I think that particular piece, the nonlinear organic flow, like that one, is probably the one that I resonate with the most out of these. I mean, yeah, the color, images, words, these these ingredients, uh, they're all helpful. Uh, the radiant thinking, like, yeah, sure, you know, it's radiating from a central point. Uh, I'm not sure that's exactly what he would want me to say about it, but uh, the nonlinear piece is the part that i think is you know the organic piece. i totally get it the flow piece yeah but the non-linear piece like i tend to think very linearly uh in lines the the thing here is that whenever it comes to a whole bunch of disconnected thoughts or seemingly disconnected thoughts trying to put them all together and make sense of them i think is Uh, super helpful. I know like whenever I just did a massive rebuild on my site and have been continuing to do a lot of that because there's a lot of little pieces behind the scenes, I'm trying to get it to do. But in order to figure out how all those code pieces needed to go, go together, I had drawn like squares on a piece of paper and then started connecting the dots between the two to see how they would go together. Now, I'm not sure I would call that a mind map because it was more of me just diagramming how a product should operate. So it's not me trying to come up with how it's going to work. I just knew that there were component pieces that need to be tied together somehow, but it was very nonlinear because certain pieces need to tie a bunch of places all at once, blah, 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 blah. And so I I do think that's an important concept here in the midst of this mind mapping conversation, because it, it is, it frees you up to have disconnected thoughts and you could have one that's connected to something way on the other side of the page. Uh, and then come back to one where you were at the beginning. Like it doesn't force you to stay on a single train of thought, it allows you to bounce around. And, and that, in the scheme of trying to be creative, is extremely valuable. And, and it makes it kind of tough to do creative thinking without it.
1: Totally. He's got a reference to the 2014 Nobel Prize, which I jotted down in my quote unquote mind map. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Talks about this is being awarded to John O'Keefe, and then the other half of it was Maybert Moser and Edward L. Moser, I think, I. Moser. Um, and what they found in this Nobel Prize project was that grid cells work with place cells in the brain's hippocampus to create a mental representation of a person's location in their environment. This is a great study that supports like the ideas behind mind mapping, but this is also where his lock into his definition of mind mapping steals some of the power of this because the the dendrites and the, the synapses and the brain cells, they combine up to create a form of an internal mind map, but they don't have different uh, varying branch width and single keywords, you know, labeling them. So it's not right. really an internal mind map here, Tony. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I get it. You know, the point he's making here, I agree with both making sense of a situation, enabling information to be retained and recalled at a later date that, like the way that your brain naturally works and how mind mapping can help facilitate that is fascinating to me. But I also based on, you know, what we were just talking about, believe that the mind map is not the be all end all of that. There are different levels of this. And I wish at this point he would have just said, this is basically what a mind map is, and this is why these different elements and some of the research behind it, like why they work. And left it at that. But that's not what he did.
0: (laughs) Yep. Well, let's, that's a good spot. Let's, let's move on to chapter two here, which is how to mind map, because the steps for how to mind map are not in the chapter for how to mind map, which I thought was an interesting choice. Um, But if you step into chapter two early on in that, this is, this is where we get the crux of how he defines a, mind map at least what I would say is how he's saying that certain things are or aren't a mind map which is seemingly weird to me because he's got the steps for how to make a mind map in chapter one but then he's got the laws of what a mind map technically is in chapter two where he talks about how to mind map like to me you need to switch places with those two Mm -hmm. Uh, but I also kind of get how he got to that point but these there's 10 laws here uh one always use a blank sheet of paper at which point I ask, from later on in the book, he talks about the software side of things. Like, wait, wait, blank piece of paper, software. Those don't line up. Your software isn't a true mind
1: map. Yeah. <laughs> if no, we're going to be militant about, about this. <laughs> so a question for you. Do you think, because you mentioned that he passed away not too long ago. Yep, three years ago. I don't know what the published date was of this book. I don't know what version this is. Maybe this is like the third edition or something. Do you feel that he wrote parts of this at different times and they just kind of added it on as it went? The copyright information says text copyright 2018.
0: There's no other date. There's a design and typography in 2018.
1: Okay. Uh, But I mean, he must have written like these laws of, of mind mapping. This seems to me... Like you're you're saying, start with a blank sheet of paper in the middle. That made sense when computers weren't a thing. Right. So maybe he wrote it then as part of a different project, a different book, a different edition, and they included it in this one when they published it in 2018. And at that point, you have to address digital, just like David Allen and getting things done. Right. He could he could have just could taken the David Allen approach and be like, you know, I don't recommend any specific software. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I know he was still around and I know he has other books on mind mapping. Like this is not his only work on it. So I I don't know. I don't know if it was put together and then he signed off on it or what it was, but yeah, I know that uh definitely well, software had to have been around. He talks about his
1: software later on. Right, but that's I guess like that chapter seems to me like that was added later. Sure. The rest of the book stands yeah. on its own without any mention of software. And he does have a lot of like internal references. In chapter three, I'm going to talk about this. In chapter yeah. two, I talked about this. You know, so there isn't really a section, anything in the the main text of the book that's, we'll get into the software later. It's just sure. a blank piece of paper. <laughs> yeah,
0: that could be. It very well could be. I don't know. I would like to know, but I'm not sure we're going to get an answer to that one.
1: Anyway. Yeah, that's fine.
0: The laws of mind mapping. Number one, always use a blank sheet of paper or grab your computer. Uh, Number two, draw a picture in the center of the paper. Three, use images, symbols, codes, and dimension throughout your mind map. Four, select keywords and write these using capital letters. You have to use capital letters. It's it's very important. (laughs) Capital letters. Uh, Number five, place each word or image on its own branch so that it stands by itself. Six, radiate flowing branches out from the central image. Seven, keep branches the same length as the words or images on them. Eight, use colors throughout the mind map, uh, developing your own color code in the branches. Nine, use emphasis, arrows, and connecting lines to depict associations. And 10, aim for clarity in your mind map by positioning your branches in carefully thought through space. Number 10 I have an issue with, actually. And because... The conversation we just had about the non-linear, like the ability to jump around. If I'm going to position my branches and carefully thought through space, that won't happen.
1: <laughs> because so that
0: requires me to know it ahead of time.
1: Yeah. This okay. So I. This is where my mind mapping experience. Uh, I, I can understand why he is saying that, because that was my biggest hurdle to mind mapping when I was doing it analog. Back in the day, is the first ten mind maps you actually make. Yep. If they are, if they have any complexity whatsoever, you quickly are like, "Oh, I messed this up." <laughs> yeah. And so, me being a perfectionist, I was just like, "Well, I'm just not gonna mind map because I hate <laughs> having to erase things or running out of space." Yeah. But if you do it enough and you make enough mistakes, you kind of get a feel for like where things should be. This right. is very important if you are analog mind mapping. This has zero importance today.
0: Yes. I, I, I totally get that. I know the mind maps that I've done, I've done a, a couple on paper, most of them I've done digitally. And it, it was a matter of who cares where I put it, I can always move it. So to me, yep. that's important. Like this is one of those few cases where, like, in my mind, the, the computer side of it is significantly better than the paper side of it, just because it lets me have that free form and lets me be, you know, less restrictive. But If I'm going to do it on paper, I could see how that's a pain because you'd have to give yourself, and he does talk about white space quite a bit, but you have to give yourself a lot of margin in order to have things come in around it because you don't know what's going to come in. You you don't know how much space you need.
1: Here's the thing, though. If you're mind mapping today, yes, go ahead. Use analog tools. I guarantee you you're doing some form of this digitally. And if you're doing this digitally, you make a handful of mind maps and it auto arranges things so that you put them in the right place and you don't have to worry about things overlapping. You will understand what sort of spacing you need when you create a mind map by hand. So uh, even if you are doing some analog mind mapping, But you're also doing some digital mind mapping, which I think that's the place anybody coming to this today is going to start. Even if you're a full Bujo whatever, you're going to download a mind map app for your iPad and mess around with it by dragging things around with your finger. Because that's a a great way to interact with these these mind maps. You do that a handful of times and then you're in a meeting and you're creating a mind map on a whiteboard. You don't need to know point number 10. It's one of those things you just kind of catch by seeing it a couple of times. And then you're like, oh. That's what that means. So total, I, I'm going to defend defend my statement that this has zero relevance today. <laughs> this this you don't have to worry about at all. But there are some things that I, I actually like about these, these laws of mind mapping, like the, the arrows to connect things. That's one thing that he, he kind of hammered on. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I should add that to my, my mind mapping. But there are other things like the all caps that you mentioned. I'm just like, dude, <laughs> no, yes. no. Because he also says later on here to develop your own style. Well, my own style is going to break some of your laws. Correct. And I'm going to be okay with that.
0: Yep. Because like something I do all over the place is no title case, no capital letters. Everything is lowercase. In some places, it's not even spaces. It's dashes. Like maybe that's the developer in me coming out, but I don't do that. It's lowercase, no spaces. Like that's the way I do things everywhere and it's all done with monospace fonts drives people nuts when they look at my computer that's definitely the
1: developer in you (laughs) totally is that part i know is
0: but it's just the way i do things and have done it on a computer that way for so long it's like don't make me change that i'm not i'm not changing that like we're not using capital letters that's that's for
1: barbarians (laughs) (laughs) one of the things he does talk about in this chapter by the way is to develop your own code And uh, I have definitely done this. Uh, I have my own emoji code that I use in the MyMap files. So Bookworm Club Premium members are familiar with this kind of stuff. I have a uh, light bulb icon, which is like inspiration. Uh, I've got a quote bubble for quotes that I want to remember, keys for key ideas, going back to how to read a book again, understanding the author's arguments. (laughs) Uh, I've got a talking head emoji for like the things that I want to make sure that we discuss in the, the episodes that we record. Got a mind blown emoji for things that just like totally rock my world. Don't use that one very much. When I say don't use it very much, like once out of every 15, 20 books that I read, I'll, I'll add something like that. Usually around a statistic that just is uh shocking to me. Hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I, Again, there's like really great stuff in here that's diluted by his rigidity with his laws. I would say to anybody picking this up today, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Hate that phrase, but... <laughs> uh, and disregard the positioning of your branches. Uh, try to implement some of the other stuff. But uh, there's there's definitely some some gains to be had here with mind mapping in general. Don't be put off by the cranky old man tone uh, from this book. But I think these
0: these laws are unfortunately called laws. Yep. I wish it was called mind mapping guidelines. Yep. That's, that's what I wish it was called. I, I don't think I would have quite the reaction to it that I am having were he to do that because he does have such a tight tight rain on it. Anyway, I, I should probably set that aside. But regardless, totally the, the idea of like building this network or having like your central image, the branches and colors and stuff coming off of it. I mean, it's pretty if you're willing to loosen up on it, there's a lot of potential here. Obviously, you know that I don't need to explain that to you. Um, side note, do you have like a published um, like a blog post or something YouTube video that explains your emoji code? that you use somewhere? I feel like you've done this and I just can't recall where it's at.
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes about how I take notes on books that I read. Uh, probably needs to be updated. The basic principles of it are definitely still relevant. It's very evergreen. There's a picture of my bookshelf with all the books on it and like why I read physical books That's part of that too. And I, seeing that that picture and how bare my bookshelf looks I realize <laughs> I bought a lot of books in the last couple of years yeah but yeah I'll dig that up
0: okay he has so as, as we continue in this chapter of how to mind map which is I think it's close to the longest yeah it might be the longest section in the book uh, it's fairly easy for me to tell because he has the edges of the book colored so you can see how long each chapter is And uh, he has this section called Development of a Mind Mapper, where you have essentially three different stages uh, of mind mapping. Did you read through this and try to pick out where you're at? Obviously, I'm towards the beginning of it, the acceptance stage. Uh, (laughs) Maybe maybe, Let me explain these quick, and then you tell me where you're at. But the, the first of these is acceptance, which is where you're basically setting aside any artistic skill that you do or do not have, uh, and allowing all your preconceived notions of how this should work go away, uh, which is interesting that he says that despite the hard lines on what this is, uh, and, and allowing yourself to, to move forward with it. Uh, the second stage is application. Like Once you understand how it works and you've accepted your ability with it, uh, you're starting to apply mind maps and using them in, in a lot of different ways, uh, using them to take notes, uh, make decisions, acquiring skills, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then the last stage, the third stage, is called adaptation. He's got them all as A's. It's AAA. Here you go, Mike. Yep. Uh, with time, you'll develop a personal mind mapping style. Basically, you've reached the point at which you are altering it. You've created hundreds of these, and you're adapting the mind map concept uh, to take it to the next level, as he says. Yourself, where would you put yourself here? I'm still accepting my own abilities with this.
1: I'm definitely the adaptation phase, and this is why. Like, I feel it's unfortunate that he takes such a hard stance with the the laws in other places because what you just shared in isolation—that is great advice. Even the three A's that he has listed here, you know, he obviously did that to make them easier to remember. But I think those are very valid definitions. Like you could use those terms and know what those mean. It's not like <laughs> that uh, a crazy uh, acrostic from <laughs> Do the Hard Thing. Who things. knows what it was? Yeah. I, I can't remember because he's picking out letters from the middle of words that don't necessarily even tie to the don't point do that, that he's making. Please yeah. Don't do that. So, th- this is great. Like, if you, this is all you got from the book, I would argue this is one of those gold nuggets that makes it worth reading. But then it's diluted because he's like, well, you can adapt it, but only to a certain point because you have to follow the laws. Otherwise, you're getting into concept map territory and you're no longer a mind mapper. Who cares? Right. Just be glad that people have gotten to that point where they're comfortable enough with this seed of an idea that you've presented. Like go ahead and celebrate that fact that you helped somebody create hundreds of mind maps. And at that point, yeah, they should be making it their own. You should be able to recognize everything in there. Otherwise, they've got the wrong mindset. They're not getting the most value from it anyways because they're just trying to follow the process. So it's a weird dichotomy, this concept of a mind map which is used for thinking better, more clearly, more creatively about things. And then, like putting the lid on it from the other side by saying, "But make sure you follow the laws."
0: <laughs> so he has, and this is kind of interesting. I, you know, it, it makes sense that he he would do this. But the next part of this chapter is talking about like key application areas of using mind maps, and he steps you through making a mind map of what those areas are going to be, uh, and, and I. I kind of appreciate this. At first, I thought, well, really? You're going to do this? You're going to have me make a mind map of the content that you're getting ready to walk me through? Really? But it's it's kind of genius because what he's walking you through, and, and if you think about the intended audience for this, it's for someone who's never made a mind map, has no idea what it is, and is trying to figure out how to use it, right? That's his audience here. So we're probably the wrong people for it. I'm probably borderline, even with my knowledge. And he's having you create a map so you can kind of make your first one with him. And then he's got you set up such that you can then expand on it as you're reading the book. So, I think that's super interesting that he's like, okay, here, start here. Do this while you're going through this next part of the book. And this can be like your first foray into getting comfortable with making mind maps. Uh, Do you have an opinion on this? I thought it was kind of interesting.
1: That is interesting. Uh, I didn't care for this section, but it makes sense that you would. And so this is a little bit of, I think, the curse of knowledge for me and having done a bunch of mind maps. Uh, I kind of glossed, my eyes glossed over at this point. Because I know how to do this, and I know the different areas that mind maps really benefit me. And using them to plan my week is not one of those areas. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I do think it's cool, though. I think it's a good approach because there are lots of different ways to use mind maps and you got to find the ones that are going to provide you the most benefit. It's going to be different for every single person. So I use them primarily for like architecting course content articles, things like that. Uh, The book notes that I take, those are like the two primary use cases for me. It's like synthesizing the ideas from the books that I read and then the things that I create. Yeah. If I'm trying to wrap my head around like what I want something to look like, I open up a mind map and I just start building it out and I've shared before that I think that when I'm creating, every hour I spend mind mapping actually saves me two hours when I sit down to write. Sure. And I would argue that the quality is improved as well. Sure. So there's definitely value there, but I'm not going to use it for a lot of the different areas that he mentioned here. I think there are folks that that makes sense, but you don't really know until you put in some reps. So this is great. This is like making people take action on the action items uh, that you would list yeah. out in your, your book.
0: That said I did not do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that great setup and then
0: yep. No. Not. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. That's a neat idea. I'm going to move on now. But as uh, you know what he's what he's walking you through is there are six application areas. In in my mind this is probably one of the more one of the most important parts of the book right here. Like this is this is going to walk you through ways to use this cuz you know what is it? What does it look like? And once you see a picture of like two of these, you're pretty much locked in. Like it it makes perfect sense because it's visual, right? You know, humans are visual people. So it's pretty easy to, to grasp what it is he's getting at. Uh, but this particular piece, you know, how do you actually use these things? Like what, what are areas that you could use it? Obviously, like you're talking about using it for book notes and course uh, outlining of sorts, you know, coming up with what's going to be in content uh, is a pretty easy one. But he's got some interesting ways that I would not have thought of and ways I will not think of uh, using these. Um, but it is good, nonetheless, to at, least see, um, to at least see some ways that you could use this. So the first area here is at home. A lot of people like to start with work with something like this, so I appreciated that he at least started with home to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. Areas that I'm not going to do, but he at least steps you through and shows you examples of what this could look like, um, or, you know, a couple of them here are achieving a personal goal, which was, what did he have here? A marathon. Like he's got all the process <laughs> of training and the motivation, the equipment nutrition revolving around a marathon. Uh, and then another one here was planning. So a week. real,
1: he, real quick yeah. on that one, uh, I have gone through that process of training for and running a half marathon, not a full marathon. I can tell you from personal experience, a mind map is the worst tool for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you do, so this, this is a bad example. I'm glad that he's trying to use examples, but this is one of the things that stood out to me throughout this book is there are some things where he's trying to force a square peg through a round hole. And this is where like you don't need to have it all figured out. Running a marathon is not a a knowledge problem, so that's not the one you should use for this, but I digress. Okay.
0: What if you're brand new to running marathons and you don't know what you need to do?
1: Then how would a mind map help you?
0: Well, collecting all the stuff around it.
1: Sure, but you don't even know what you need.
0: (laughs) I guess that's the point. Like If you're doing some research on it, I guess that's the way I took it, and he doesn't explain it this way, but if you had a map that you were using to like capture little bits as you're doing research about it and then you could go through it later i guess i could see that maybe that's what i took it as but maybe i'm wrong
1: yeah i think maybe you're convincing me a little bit but still uh, i feel like the the path forward here is get around some other people who are doing this and do it with them and live figure out the mistakes that you're making and don't do those things. My sure. mapping seems to me, I know that he has collaborative examples in here, like in home, but running a marathon is not a group goal. <laughs> this is yeah. an individual thing. And so you're trying to achieve an individual goal, which means you're probably making this my map by yourself, you know? So I don't know. This just, that one is, is not a great, not a great example. And I feel like there are several of those where He's, try- he's trying to use examples that don't really fit, and he's doing himself a disservice. Sure. Okay, then.
0: Are you going to plan your week with it, though? Nope. That was his other one, big one that he had here, and he's got the week number on there, and he's got Monday through Sunday, Sunday through Saturday. I think of it as Monday through Sunday. But then he's got all the different things he's going to do each day. It's like that? No. That's what a calendar's for. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um,
1: I, I see the argument for that. That's kind of like weekly planning. And uh, I think an argument could be made for these are all the things that I got to do this week and visually looking at them that way. If you're trying to put them all on like the date that they're due, whatever, it, you could end up with a day that's just impossible for you to get everything done. Oh, this you know Tuesday, actually earlier in the week, that doesn't have a whole lot going on. So I'll, I'll move this over there. I, c- I could see that at least. But yeah, anything that's time-specific, you're going to need a calendar for. So you can use this as like part of your planning process. But again, bad example, because it's not going to be the only thing that you can use. You're going to have to have a calendar to manage your appointments.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, kind of going off of what they're saying in the chat, number one, don't use Google Docs. <laughs> um, but I think there's there's a... I don't know that he calls this out anywhere. I'm trying to remember, but I, I don't recall there being a spot where he made this differentiation but there's a big difference between mind mapping known information like facts and logistics and quantities of things like he he talks about um in the next one here i'll just jump in there here as part of this but the next application area is work and one of the first ones he talks about is time management like that doesn't make any sense to me because it's a logistical. Like it's a pie, you know. There's certain parts that you can go through. Like there's, you know, it's a bar you can segment it off. It's not a creative map that's there. So whenever you have like something that's logistical like that, that's fact based, to that's with full knowns, that doesn't make sense to me why you would use a mind map. If anything, it's an outline. If you already know all of it, what's the point of the mind map? But the map, I think, gets its value in that. When you're doing the ideation process and you're trying to figure out an answer to something or trying to put together a product, but you don't know what needs to be in it. If you already know all the information, it's just a matter of connecting the dots and you're done. But when you don't know all the information, I feel like that's where it gets to be important. But I don't feel like he makes that, that split anywhere. He doesn't call out those two different places.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And then the other thing here is like all these different examples that he's sharing these don't need to follow the laws. If you're using a mind map for time management, who cares about the length of your branches? Or, (laughs) I mean, those are good things to keep in mind when using a mind map for fill in the blank. But the question you have to ask yourself is, how does this get modified to achieve the goal of this use case? And I would argue that the bows of a tree branch uh, being visible in your mind map itself. That's going to have limited value when it comes to time management, or I don't know, maybe you could argue for like project management, but it's definitely more important for some things than it is for others. So to make it a law and be like, this has to apply to every single mind map that you ever create is weird.
0: Right. Right. Which seems to be what he's advocating for. uh, Cause he's got like here in this work section, he's got uh one that I do think would be helpful is researching a topic. Uh, you know, if you're collecting mm-hmm. information about a bunch of different places, I kind of get that. I don't know that I would do that one because I, I've slowly been developing a way of collecting like snippets from things, like collecting pictures, quotes, et cetera, with links and such. Uh, I've been slowly collecting a way of doing that. So I feel like mind mapping that would actually complicate it. Not going to do that one. Um, things like writing an annual report. Seems like an odd thing to put here, but I could see how that would maybe be super helpful if you don't know all of the details that need to be in that annual report. Like if you're trying to figure out what it needs to look like and what are the different components of it. If you don't know all of that, to me that's the same as trying to put together a whole video course. You're just not recording videos for it, you're typing or collecting charts and graphs and such. Uh, you know that that's probably where that could land so i could see how it could be used in those areas uh, he's got project management here as well uh, you kind of alluded to that that could that could probably be one as well if you don't know what components need to be a part of that project if it's known that would not be helpful if you're doing a commercial contractor build, like if you're building a commercial building you don't need a mind map they have extensive software for how to put all the pieces together for that uh, that's not You're not trying to figure out, does it need to have HVAC? Does it need to have electrical? The answer is yes, it does. So the question is, what and how much is it going to cost? Like You know what I mean? So you don't have to worry Mm. about mind mapping that one. So I don't think I would go there. It would just depend. I'm rambling. You talk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's crank through the rest of these categories here. Um, The other ones are education, which includes revision and essay planning, creativity, well-being, and memory. Those are big categories so there are six total homework education creativity well-being and memory but yeah i i don't know to call certain ones keys is weird especially when later on there's a giant list of 99 different ones and yes i captured them all really Yep. but that's not till uh
0: do you do like any picture to text stuff with to do that just type them all
1: i dictated it all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: nice. Nice work.
1: But, yeah, that's Chapter 5, so put a pin in that.
0: Nice. Nice. Let's let's go on to Chapter 3 here, because this one's kind of fun. What is not a mind map? Super fun. Uh He has a section here, a case of mistaken identity. I'm actually not sure why this section is quite so long, but it is. Uh But the very yeah. beginning of this is this, what are there, five of them here that he specifically calls out things that are not mind maps. Uh, The first one is what he calls a spider diagram. And I I suspect that that's what a lot of people would also call a concept diagram. Mm -hmm. I I feel like those two are probably synonyms. Uh, And he has a picture of this. uh, And it's what I would traditionally call a mind map because it looks exactly like a mind map, except that it's bubbles and lines instead of colored branches connecting to each other. I would still call that a mind map. He's very specific and that is not a mind map. Uh, Let's just call
1: that a local graph. <laughs> sure, whatever you
0: want to get there you go. That's probably a good way to describe that. Like if you've seen a local graph in Obsidian or Rome, like that's that's what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, that's, and I say local local graph just because that's what the one I always use, but really it's that graph view with all the different dots that are are connected. Right. Um The difference between that and the local graph is you can just see the ones that are connected to the current note that you're you're looking at, which again is a thinking tool that is similar to a mind map. I would just love to see him include this is where you should use these things, right? And not try to put up a a fence (laughs) between the it's mind map neighbor, right? But whatever.
0: Yeah, the other ones that he's got here is a pyramid diagram. A pyramid. It's got layers. You're used to seeing these. Uh, he does call out concept maps here as being different than spider uh, spider diagrams, which is essentially a spider diagram but arrows instead of lines. There you go. That's the difference between it. Uh, fishbone diagrams. Who people cares? See those. I know, right? <laughs> Sunburst chart. Like these are all all. Uh, <laughs> I mean. The spider diagrams and the concept maps, I would probably call mind maps. The others, like, they're not even close. Like, they're not even... They're just charts and graphs. Um, But he does have a list of questions that you can ask to determine if something is a mind map or not. Now, this, this is where things get weird. Is there a clear central concept? Is there a clear central image depicting that concept? Does the diagram radiate from the center? Is there always one word per branch? Are there any images? Is color used throughout? Is the mind map clear? Is the mind map natural and organic in appearance? Is the mind map highly visually appealing? If the answer to any of these questions is no, you are not looking at a true mind map.
1: Okay. So at this, at this point, uh, then no one should download my mind maps from the books that I read because some of those branches are chapter titles and those are never a single word. So, okay, you've just alienated me. I guess I'm not going to be part of your community anymore. Right. Why? Everything else, yes. But that one criteria, and he's got to meet all of these. That's enough to just like close the door. And that's completely unnecessary. Yep.
0: And if you follow that, even his own software wouldn't qualify. Like if you want to be completely (laughs) pedantic about it, it it doesn't qualify this this chapter by itself i feel like epitomizes some of his insecurity because why if you are the inventor of a mind map this chapter is included to show your superiority over everyone else's attempt at trying to think visually like you, mm-hmm. you know what i mean like this is this is unnecessary like you're trying to qualify something even though you've said we're supposed to adapt and make it our own. And then you turn around and say, oh, by the way, if you adapt and make it your own outside of these bounds, you're no longer mind mapping.
1: What? Yeah. So this reminds me of a scarcity mindset. And people have this in business. Sometimes they feel like the minute that someone buys something from your competitor, you didn't do a good enough job explaining why you're better. Sometimes people just make emotional decisions. they like the salesperson or whoever, whatever, you know, so the, uh, abundance mindset is like, you know what, that's okay. There's enough potential customers out here. We can all be successful. The fact that this person bought from somebody else doesn't diminish the, the earning potential that, that I have. And it's evident at this point that this is the approach he is taking with the term mind map in the whole thinking tool space which is completely ridiculous because this is way bigger than he could possibly fill. And so this just feels very weird at this point. And this is where you start to feel like, I'm not sure I want to be associated with this guy, right? Because this is the person who just refuses to accept anything positive that happens from what he's doing. And the fact that there is at least one other person out there somewhere who is buying mind map software, quote unquote, mind map software that isn't following my laws. They don't understand that that's not really a mind map. Right. And like, okay, fine. Be upset about that. But you're going to be bitter. You're going to have a miserable existence while you're trying to defend this. And it's, it's not worth it. There is no reason for this chapter to exist other than that mindset being at the root of his whole thinking about this concept.
0: I feel like that's a good place. Let's go on to solution finding. Let's see if we can find a solution to this, um, which I, I summarized in my note on this as don't stop using mind maps because then you'll forget me. Like that's that's the way I wrote it <laughs> in here. But. Uh, basically that's it. He starts it off with perseverance is the key to success. Please don't stop using mind maps. And he calls out that if you find yourself struggling to use mind maps, you're not using mind maps at all. You're probably making spider diagrams, which means you need to introduce color and keywords. Uh, so don't forget color, Mike, don't forget keywords. Don't use too many make sure you use pictures. Okay. That's, that's the key to making Got sure it. mind maps work perfectly for you at all times. Uh, I'm, I'm, of course, saying these things in jest, but he's saying that you know, if you're finding yourself struggling with mind maps, I can't speak to this. I don't have this experience, but if you're struggling to use them, you're probably not using them right, and you need to keep trying and keep working at it. That's his perspective. At least that's the way I took I, it.
1: I would argue that if you're reading this book now and a mind map is not working for you, it is probably because you are trying to follow all of these laws of mind mapping. (laughs) And none of the great applications that are available to us for this purpose meet these criteria. So you have written off all of the ones that we have talked about today, and you are using some bloated piece of junk that doesn't work anymore, like his own iMindMap software. Ha,
0: sorry, read the chat. Gonna go get my pastels and crayons today. I love it. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I will say he, he does have a, a, a section in here called ask the right question, which I like obviously questions. Yeah. Poorly formulated questions lead to I specifically to didn't answers. bring this
0: up because I knew you would. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So this is again, an example of like the gold nuggets that are in this, this book here. Uh, you just got to sort through the uh, cranky old man stuff. Um, trigger the, the, an effective question or topic will trigger the powers of association imagery, be open, allowing consideration and assessment rather than close yes or no answers, inspire critical and analytical thinking, create clarity, challenge assumptions, stimulate breakthrough thinking, achieve a balance between the content and the process, inspire a positive reaction. I, I love this. And I think this is really the, the unspoken. Maybe he says it, but I don't think it's very clear. If you're creating a chapter called Solution Finding really what you are saying is that when you have a problem or a question that you are trying to answer, that's the thing you want to use for your mind map. But again, that's not going to meet the requirements of the laws that he lays out because a question is not an image with three colors very often. And I would argue that that is okay. You can put that in the middle and that is the beginning of your mind map, but he would disagree with you.
0: Right. Well, I know that there's a lot of ways that you can use these. Obviously, we'll get into that in the next section. But um, the the idea of telling me to just try harder and keep going, like that that never works. And that's <laughs> he almost says that verbatim. So Yeah, pretty much. Just don't. I, I don't buy that. I think the important part is, and the way I, I think of it, because I've kind of been dabbling with some beginning mind maps here since reading this. Um, but I, I, I was trying to determine what is it about the process that makes it work. And it's more that I, I can stop worrying about what I'm writing down and where it goes and I can just get it into something and then I can organize it later and and I can do that. Now, when you're going through a book, like with your maps, you kind of have a flow and I'm assuming you have a method. Well, obviously you have a method for like how those branches are going to break off from each other. But at the same time, like if you're trying to come up with, you know, an online course like we've been talking about, or, um, you know, if you're trying to choose a baby name is one of his examples we'll get into here in a second. Um, you know, if you're trying to come up with something like that uh, the freeformness of it is what allows the creativity, but trying to lock it into some of these rules, I feel like can hinder that as much as he wants to say that it's helpful. So I don't, I don't think I'm going to even attempt any of these rules. I think the concept of being able to just have branches and work off of those and maybe use a, a nomenclature of my own, a syntax of my own like that, I feel like is more important than pretty much anything else he's trying to dictate on me.
1: Yeah, if I were writing this book in his stead, I would simplify the rules, for sure cut out number 10, probably cut out a couple others, and then instead of sharing 99 different examples, like in the next chapter, I would share 15 or 20, and I would explain how the rules become adapted for those different scenarios, and basically leave it at that.
0: Yep. So what Mike's getting at is the, the next chapter here, which is called The Infinite Applications of Mind Maps, uh, in which case he's got a list of 99 mind map applications. Uh, and he does break this off into those six areas, the homework, education, creativity, well-being, and memory. Uh, some of these are just interesting, like diary keeping, business growth, mm-hmm. getting promoted, archaeology, for education it's like i feel like he just started labeling like genres of subjects in school like
1: geology grammar yeah.
0: history like what that guy this confusing. section
1: is useless uh so he obviously picked a number 99 and then came up with 99 different examples however yep. you have your book in front of you i do okay so there's like a table on two pages right
0: yep 160 and 161
1: Okay, on 161, the top section, look in the middle column. Do you see a duplicate? Yes. Okay. I didn't write down which one it was. Maths. But I know. Yes, that's what I was going to guess. But yeah, so there are 98, not 99.
0: (laughs) Wait, does he? Okay, hold on. So there's three columns. What have I got? Five, six, 10, 12, 15. So five by three. No, 15 by
1: three. Oh, I didn't even go into that level. I just saw the I'm gonna duplicate. make sure.
0: I, I gotta double check this now. So there's 15 here. Is there 15? No, I'm second guessing this. Five, five. doesn't
1: matter because he threw extra words in there that we didn't need to read by listing something sure. twice. Kay. So at that point, the whole section is worthless to me. <laughs> like you literally were just coming up with as many things as you could think of and put them in a table which actually he probably did this in a mind map, which is why he missed it. If he had done it in an outline, he could have at least sorted it by alphabetical order and seen the duplicates, which is why this is a great tool in some scenarios, but it is only one tool and it is not the be all end all solution for everything, which is kind of how he's positioning it because I trademarked this thing back in 1970, whatever. (laughs)
0: Yeah, he's got 33 rows by three. So he's got the 99, but he's got the duplicate of maths. But there's also, like, if you look underneath his creativity section, he's got creative doodling is in yep. there. I don't know why yep. I need a mind map for creative doodling, uh, which is right next to creating mind map art.
1: Like, what? I don't understand. Yeah, he's, he's reaching here just to fill the 99 quota, but then completely invalidates that yep. number by having duplicates in the table. And right. I Cannot fathom how any editor who looked at this was like, yeah, let's just ship this.
0: Or they were just tuned out when they were editing it at that point. And just like, whatever, just go with it. Yeah, yeah, true. Anyway, there's, there's some stuff in here like advanced. He's got advanced mind mapping at home, at work, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, conflict resolution. There's just a bunch of different examples here. It's kind of like the next level, I guess, is the way he's trying to position this. Uh, honestly, it was hard for me to keep going at this point because I felt like it was repetitive. Like we're, we're, yeah, we're going this, over the this same part, stuff again.
1: This part is, I under, uh, the idea behind this section is is good. The execution of it is poor. Uh, you're burned out after reading through the 99 different yeah. things. Even just reading through them, you're burned out by them because right. at first I, I read through them and I was like, oh man. And then I went back and I added them all via dictation just so that I had this. For a historical artifact, and that's when I caught the duplicate, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, I just wasted half hour of my life." Right. <laughs> but what he's trying to do here is give examples of some high level projects, some really valuable things that people could use a mind map for. So, like getting published, writing a book, those are good examples. Uh, although the the version of that that is relevant for me. And I have no trouble making this, this jump is like outlining an online course. He's not going to talk about that because that's not his world. I don't think, but that's the sort of thing that you should maybe get some people who are using this, who you haven't alienated by saying they're not mind mapping really to come contribute this because it makes your argument stronger as opposed to picking some things that really don't resonate with your, your readers. But these are the types of projects I was talking about. Where yeah, go ahead and show me how to apply the laws with these different areas. And other than being extraordinarily complex in some scenarios, like there's nothing of value here.
0: Well, let's let's go into the last one here: the future of mind mapping, which is really him just talking about it going digital, and what is the digital form of this? And it's basically a pitch for iMindMap. I shouldn't say that. It, it, it talks about iMindMap a lot, which is the software that he uh, created with, uh, what's his name, Chris Griffiths, to create the first effective digital mind mapping software, iMindMap, uh, which as we were talking about before we started recording, you cannot get, it is defunct, and you can't even really get to the document that explains what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a
1: 404. So let's let's walk through that real quick for people sure. who weren't live before we hit the record button. Um, if you search for iMindMap, the first result is app.iMindMap.com. iMindMap.com actually just redirects to IOA, which is I think the replacement for this. But app.iMindMap.com, which is the result, takes you to the website login. The banner at the top of that says this is no longer supported. And below the name and emails or email password section is four different icons for the platforms that this exists on. And none of them are links. It is just an image. So literally it's just saying this no longer exists. Click here. And then when you click there, you get the uh-oh, this doesn't exist on a YOA's help site.
0: <laughs> Super helpful, right? So yeah. we were hoping, but here we are. He does call out some benefits of using mind maps on a computer, doing them digitally. Uh, Some of which he calls out here is like, they can be edited where necessary, backed up. Uh, The clearer graphics are easier to read, uh, linked to other multimedia. Uh, They can, what did he say here? They facilitate post-process analysis, like going back over it and moving things around. Simple to generate using supplied drawing tools and icons. Uh, you know, there's there's a whole lot of you know, he gets into like laws and robot rules and such, which I'm not really sure how that applied, but it is interesting to at least see that he's trying to bring it into the digital realm. Like that part, I can mm. appreciate, uh, but I I don't know that I would get on board with much here, other than just like cool, awesome, it's coming digitally. Uh, please be open to something other than iMindMap, especially since it's not supported. So yeah. here we are.
1: So this is the most disappointing thing of the, the his his stance here is obviously has not stood the test of time. His mind map legacy being pinned to this software uh, invalidates a lot of what he has said in some people's minds. I still think there's some good stuff in here, uh, and I'm glad that we read it, but we'll get to style and rating in a, a little bit but it's fine to say, you know, I developed my own software because I wanted to make something that followed these 10 laws. Don't include anything about all the other software that's out there that isn't really mind mapping software because it doesn't follow the laws. You could just be, you know what? There are some people doing some interesting things with my original ideas and turning them into something new. And that's great. If that clicks for you, go check out those apps. If you had taken that approach, you're left with a totally different feel from this book, but because he's funneling down you one specific path and then you go look for that app and it does not exist. You're like, Oh, well this, this guy isn't even around anymore. Right. I guess his ideas shouldn't be valued. And I think there's, there is some value in this, but it's just, it's a shame. Like you could use the success of those other applications to support your arguments instead of as, arguments against them. And I would argue that the, the digital future of, of mind mapping where we are today is actually pretty awesome. My favorite way to mind map is on my iPad because I use my Apple pencil, but being able to touch the elements of your mind map and physically drag them around on the paper. I mean, that is magical. If you start with an analog mind map, the ability to do that, you're like, whoa, what is this crazy future that we live in? <laughs> right. But that's also where we're at today. Uh, in terms of the robots and things, I think the argument that he's making here is that AI is going to develop to the point where they can actually be used in the mind mapping process, which is great. And I think that's interesting. AI is being used in a lot of different creative uh creative fields. Now uh, there's a a service called Jarvis that I'm familiar with that you can use to create marketing copy, you know, for your product or or whatever. So there are people using AI in some interesting ways, but I can almost guarantee you, Tony, that they're not going to follow your laws. (laughs) So you're not going to like them anyways. And that's where like, I feel he's painted himself into a corner with the arguments that he's made in this book. And by the end of it, you're just you're left with this negative taste in your mouth, which is really unfortunate because I do think he's made some really positive contributions to this space and there's some really great ideas in here. But yeah, you're right. At the end, when he's pitching iMindmap, you're just like, you've completely written him off at this point.
0: At least we did. Maybe Well, you have
1: don't. no other option. I mean, even <laughs> someone like me who's done hundreds of mind maps and yeah, I'm going to learn a few things. And I still think I learned a few things and I probably have a more positive view of this book than, than you do. But even me at this point, like I can't defend this guy.
0: Yep. Yeah. I, I can't say that, uh, I have a very high view of the book, but that's probably because again, I don't have the history with mind mapping that, that all said, set I mind map aside, I think we've mentioned a few other alternatives here. Uh, the obvious one being the one you're using, MindNode. That one's part of setup as well, isn't it? I think that is. It is. Um, yep. So I know that MindNode, XMind, and iThoughts are all on setup, a setup subscription. If you have that, uh, there's also what's the other one? There's another FreeMind is out there. MindManager, I believe, is. Like, a, like an enterprise-grade one. one. It's kind of pricey and kind of hard to use from what I remember. Because um, I think I did the trial on that one at one point. But I think there's there are options and, and you don't have to pay a lot to get into these things, if anything. So Correct. I think there's a lot of potential in this. One of the action items I have, Mike, is to try to figure out uh, one or two of these tools that I kind of want to try to incorporate in some regular creative uh, thinking processes. Obviously, I know you're biased towards MindNode, but can you kind of, are you able to give a quick overview of the differences between these things? Or is that kind of outside the realm of what, uh, of the knowledge you have of these? Maybe that's asking too much, knowing that I put you on the spot with that question.
1: Well, I will say that if you want to know all the specifics uh, of, that question in an extended form. I've got an article on the suite setup for the best mind mapping app, and it's a little bit older, but everything in that still applies. And I would say MindNote is gonna be the best one for most people. It's gonna lack some of the really power user features that iThoughts will have, but it's gonna look way better. And ultimately, mind mapping is an emotional exercise. You think better when you are happier. And mind Map provide, or MindNode provides you a simple, clean, fun to use user interface. And if you're using it on an iPad, like I said, it is a joy to just mess around with your mind maps. And that is going to influence the content that you create in them. Your ideas are going to be better because of that. Uh, all of the other ones that I tried were either clunky or just meh in, in terms of the, the visual aesthetic. And I am not one to overly weigh how an application looks. I will say that when it comes to a mind mapping tool, though, that that should be weighted higher than normal. So if you have a tendency to look for apps that, that look nice, like you're going to end up with MindNode anyways. But even if you tend to go for the ones that have the most features and are the most highly functional, plain text, yada, 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 I would still recommend you start with MindNode, because sure. just by the nature of mind maps, you will get a better output when you use something that you enjoy for this exercise. Sure.
0: I already have MindNode, so it's an easy one to jump into. I don't know, I'll give it a shot. That said, action items, Mike, unless you wanna talk about the book more.
1: <laughs> no, let's go to action items.
0: <laughs> so I, I wrote down two, one I may have just crossed off. Um, I have two different ideas, I'm not going to share what those are, um, that I'm going to build a couple of mind maps on just see how it goes uh, and try to, you know, using my latest interest in it and using some of what I've learned in this book here today, uh, I I want to give it a shot and see how it goes, see if it can become a part of my process because I know there's a lot of value in some of the connections that you can make doing that. Um, the other one I wrote down was just kind of exploring what apps to use for that. Uh, that said, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, we're just going to stick with the one I know and I have, and it makes it simple. That's what I got. So I'm going to do the one. How about you?
1: Uh, I have no action items. I'm going to continue to use MindNode though, and continue to make mind maps. Cool. <laughs> I will say, uh, real, real quickly, on the like the. The tools that are available and also what you shared at the beginning, you tending to be an outline person. One of the things that is nice about MindNote is that you actually get both. They yep. have an outline view, which gives you everything in a line, but it's also color-coded along with the branches in MindNote in the uh, the mind map itself. So if you know you can see the things in the the outline and they've got an orange bar next to them if they're part of the orange branch, right? So I think that's kind of cool. And then the other thing that's great about MindNode is that you can export it a bunch of different ways. And what I do when I'm done with the, the book notes that I take is I export it as a PDF and embed that in the book notes page inside of obsidian. I also export it all as markdown and then copy paste that markdown. So I have the visual of the mind map and also the searchable text inside of obsidian, then I'll go through that and I'll find things that I want to turn into their own, own notes. Um, but that's one thing to consider, I think, is like, what are the ways that this can be useful to me once I'm done with the mind map? Because the mind map itself is not the be all end all. If you're, especially if you're using it for creativity, you're going to want to be able to use those things again in the thing that you are creating, not just reference it visually. Does it export to mermaid by chance? I doubt it, but I got it open right now. So let me take a look. (laughs) If
0: you don't know what I'm talking about, Mermaid is kind of a, a text-to-diagram uh, syntax, I guess, which is... Is it built into Obsidian now,
1: or is it a plugin? Yes, it is built in. It is. Um, you can export to a legacy mind node format. You can export to PDF. Uh, Bookworm Club Premium Members, when I export those notes, I export both of those. So they have the PDF, the high-res, visual... And the MindNode file, if they want to take what I did in MindNode and then use it in a mind map application of their own. Uh, then there's FreeMind. You can export to OPML, which basically covers just about every other mind map right. uh, app out there. OPML for standard outliners, image, Markdown, text, and tasks. So the action items from your mind maps, you can actually import those. I was doing that for a while into Omnifocus when I was using it. Sure. Um you can so it just grabs the the tasks from your mind map and puts them into your task manager of choice. Alrighty
0: then. They need to implement mermaid. That'd be sweet. Cause then you can just export it and drop it in and it would be native. Anyway, side note. Okay. <laughs> uh I guess that said, let's get to style and rating. We have talked a lot about the style uh throughout this episode, but Uh, Tony Buzan's full of himself really likes himself thinks he's really great thinks he's done a great thing in inventing the mind map so we can all have better creativity in our lives Uh, but it's way over the top you know he's very uh, self conscious wants to uh, be the guy who has all the answers it seems and it's very off putting I, I feel like it's hard to get past that in a lot of areas if I set that aside, which is kind of difficult to do, there, there are a lot of uh, you know tidbits and ideas and, and processes that he calls out here that are helpful you know as someone who's not big in the world of mind maps and is trying to get my head around it a little bit more, uh, you know I'm, I'm glad I've gone through it, but it was a bit of a slog to, to do that, but there are a lot of little tidbits that you can pull out of this, which is always the important part, right? Uh, for as many books as we go through, you get one or two really cool, uh, you know, little nuggets from it, and it was worth worth the time most of the time. And, uh, and and this is no different. Like, there there are some pieces that I've pulled out here. Obviously, it's uh, at least motivated me to do something about mind mapping and, and kind of encourage that creative mind of mine, as I've learned I have, and try to develop that a little bit more so. We'll see if mind maps become a thing that I do regularly. As far as a rating goes, oh boy! I know that I'm not Why are you tell going to go first that on
1: this one. <laughs>
0: I, I, I don't. I don't think I'm going to tell you to read this in any way, shape, or form. I think I would just say, you know, go look at a bunch of other people's mind maps, do searches like image searches for mind maps, and then grab some software and go for it. Like I feel like that's going to get you 99 percent of the direction you need to go. So the book's not something I'm going to tell you to go pick up, even though we get affiliate money from that. Don't buy this one. So just gonna say that up front. As far as rating, but let's go 3.0. I'm gonna put it at a 3.0. Uh, I really don't care for the way he comes at this. I don't care for his rigidity that he puts into this. Uh, I love the concept of mind mapping and the visual side of it, but. The book itself, it's not—it's not an encouraging book. I find it's more of a exclusionary book as opposed to get involved with this. So, like the book itself and the concepts that are in it, like some of it's really good, but I struggle with it. (laughs) There you go. Your turn.
1: All right, that's fair. Well. I'm going to throw another monkey wrench in here because I have read several books on mind mapping. Okay. Uh, I can tell you, having just gone through this one, this is the best one. <laughs> okay.
0: That's not encouraging to me, Mike.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that means I need to write a book about mind maps. Please do. <laughs> because I've made hundreds of them and I... Honestly, wish I would have read this before I had started mind mapping instead of the books that I had read. I've got another one on my bookshelf, which I know is really, really old at this point. And that was the one I started through when I started my mapping. And it was just for all the, all the things that I complained about in this one, this is much more approachable, much more actionable, much more understandable than a lot of the other books on this topic. Maybe it's just because it, it is one of those conceptual things. And so the people who tend to write about it are the uh, ultra-academic. It's like harder for the average person to understand what's really going on. Uh, I do think that Tony Buzan has done a, a great job in, in this very visual book of pulling in a whole bunch of research, whole bunch of studies, whole bunch of case studies, whole bunch of examples. Some of them didn't resonate with me. However, I don't think I would have had those objections if I was coming to it new. And I think his approach is actually pretty good. I do think he needs an editor who's gonna read through everything that he says and say, you know what, maybe leave this chapter out. (laughs) I also am struggling with where to rate this. I, I was very animated and complaining in, in this particular episode because there's lots of stuff that you can complain about that, and that tends to make a, a good podcast episode. However, uh, I do think there's a lot of great stuff in here. Uh, I know I learned several things. It inspired in me, actually. I learned so many new things that I have. To borrow that term that Blake mentioned at the very beginning, the map of content, I created a separate one in Obsidian on mind mapping. With a whole bunch of new things that I picked up from this one, that I wanna wrestle through and connect with some of the other things that I've discovered and doing it myself and the other things that I've read and the other books that I've uh, on the topic and figure out for myself, like, what if I were to codify like everything I know about mind mapping into like the essential points, what would I say? So uh, I actually wanna continue to explore this topic. I wanna continue to not just practice it. <laughs> But think about what really makes this, what really makes a mind map and what makes a successful mind map for me. I don't think it's the 10 laws that he outlines here, but those things have have kind of served as a springboard into additional thinking time prompts for me. So that's the real value of something like this. I had zero action items from it. However, if I was coming to it new and not attempted mind mapping before, uh, I think I would definitely be inspired to try mind mapping. And if that's the case, then ultimately Mission accomplished. Um, I'm going to re- recommend it until I find something better. And I am going to optimistically rate the valuable pieces of this, uh, and say, this is a 4.0 book. Uh, it's easy to attach to the things that you don't like, um, when reading, I have done that a lot in the past. And uh, especially when you are trying to reinforce a belief that you currently have or defend an idea that you currently have, it's easy to do that. Um, I would encourage people who are going to pick this up, number one, know what you're getting into. Uh, Number two, know the tone that he's going to use through this and and try to see through that. Um, And then number three, be willing to say, you know what, maybe he's right. Maybe I don't like this guy at all. Maybe I think he's a jerk, but maybe he's right about certain things and decide for yourself. You got to take the how to read a book approach with this. You know, you got to understand the key arguments the author is making and you got to decide for yourself whether you agree or disagree with them. But I think if you take that approach, there's a lot of good stuff to be had here. Uh, If you, and I'll just caveat this, uh, this last thing here. If you have an easy time doing that, this is probably a 4.0 book. If you have a hard time doing that, this is probably a three or a 3.5 book. So it's really hard for me to rate that. But I think just based on the merits of the ideas and the the benefit that this could have to someone who is not currently practicing mind mapping, that overcomes some of, some of that negative stuff. Totally valid. Still don't like it. <laughs> That's fine.
0: <laughs> okay. I will gladly put this one on the shelf. What's next, Mike?
1: Next is I Didn't Do the Thing Today by Madeline Doerr, and this is all about productivity shaming. And uh, I think this is an interesting topic. Uh, this is the book that I've heard recommended about this. I've heard it recommended multiple times. First time I heard it recommended, I looked it up and I was like, mm, I don't know. And then I heard it recommended again by somebody that I really respect. And I'm like, okay, have to read this one. <laughs> And uh, I think this is going to be uh, an interesting topic for a bookworm episode where we tend to talk about productivity a lot. I feel like this is maybe going to open up conversation about some aspects of this that we don't normally hit on.
0: Okay. I've not started it, so I don't know where that goes. So hope you're not leading me down a weird path. I don't think I am, but we'll see. I don't know. I do it to you all the time, so it's probably Okay. <laughs> Uh, I wrote down two for after that because I'm not sure which one to pick and I need your help, okay? Uh, the the first of which, it's been a while since we've covered this topic, but the great mental models, there is a volume two and a volume three on this. Volume two is around physics, chemistry, and biology. I don't know how well that would work here in this format, but I know that they're like abstracting key concepts from those to ask some questions that you can try to answer. So that that would be one potential, Mike. The other one that I can't help myself with uh, is a book by Johan Johann Hari, uh, who I know has a handful of bestsellers, uh, has one out called Stolen Focus, Why You Can't Pay Attention and How to Think Deeply Again. I know that we've covered this topic before, but he's covering it from a perspective that I've not seen, which has to do with things like environmental factors and diet, like he's bringing in some of that component to it. Do you have an opinion between those two? They
1: both sound awesome.
0: <laughs> I know. Right. Super fun. I couldn't pick between them. So I was hoping you had an easy, like, oh yeah, absolutely. We need to do this one, but. You well, don't I, I can
1: that. say I, I have the great mental models volume two and I've actually got the third one also. Yep. And, uh, I've not read it cover to cover, but I have read specific sections of it and, uh. I do think this one is more generally applicable than it first seems. Uh, A lot of that content that I read from those different mental models showed up in the the uh, workshop that I did with Nick Milo back in the day on uh, sense making. Sure. So it's more of the great mental models. Uh, If that is appealing to you, then pick that one. But stolen focus also sounds great. That sounds to me a lot like the extended mind in the environment influencing your, your thinking. Both topics I would love to explore further.
0: Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do great mental models next. And I'll hold on to the, the stolen focus. We may cover that one after that. We'll do it that way. All right. So then after that, we're going to do the great mental models. Volume two, physics, chemistry,
1: and biology. All right.
0: All right. How about Gap Books? What do you got?
1: I got The Earned Life by Marshall Goldsmith. Uh, I've had this one actually for a little while. Um, but I have not made a whole lot of progress on this. I still want to read it though. So I'm going to use this as my get book and uh, I've got a really long car ride tomorrow. So hopefully hey, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I can make some progress.
0: <laughs> the earned life. Uh, I finished up reading the digital Zettelkasten, which was not hard. It was like 70 pages. I forget how long it was. David Kadavi. Um, and then I also have been reading uh, Back of the Napkin. I've drawn a blank on the author name. Right now. Dan Rome. There you go. Dan Rome, uh, which is kind of a runoff from our book from today, Mind Map Mastery, is like thinking visually and sharing ideas visually. So it's kind of a runoff of that. I actually debated that one as a bookworm book, but Mike talked me out of it. So here we are.
1: I talked you out of it only because you were you told me that you were wanting a book on mind mapping, which Correct. I'm not sure how far you are in back of the napkin. There's no mind mapping content. No, there. none whatsoever. <laughs>
0: not at all. I'm about halfway through it. So yeah not in there at all so yes that uh so i finished digital zettelkasten into back of the napkin super fun cool that said big thanks to everybody who's joined us in the chat we've had quite a crew there with us today so thank you to those of you in the chat today kind of always fun to see your thoughts and give us chuckles when we have to mute quickly uh, at least for me and uh so anyway it's great to have you there if you're ever interested in joining us uh, on, on the live show, just pay attention to the Bookworm FM Twitter feed, and I always tweet that out with the link to that day of uh, whenever we've got a recording going on. So keep your eyes open for that. Uh, big thanks to those of you who are members. Can't do it without you. You guys are awesome. Uh, if you want to join that membership, go to bookworm.fm slash membership. Make that super easy. Uh, it takes you to the discourse forum that we have behind everything, the club, Bookworm Club. Uh, And then you can support us monthly or annually, whichever way you want to do it. And uh, it gets you access to some special perks in there as well. But the biggest of all of those is our undying love and gratitude to you as a human being. So thank you for helping us put on the show, our Bookworm Club members.
1: All right. If you are reading along with us, pick up I Didn't Do the Thing Today by Madeline Doerr, and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks.